Richard Nixon's on his knees He sent so many overseas He'd like to know if you and me could help him in some way A little camouflage and glue To mask the evil that men do A small diversion caused by two it's come to play And we heard Richard Nixon say Welcome to this wonderful new edition of Gale Boys, the podcast you're currently listening to. I'm Liam. As always, we're joined by our wonderful co-host, Gordon. Hello. Hello. And today is uh, quite a special episode because I don't really like to do subtitles on our episodes, but I like to call this President's Gone Wild because a lot (laughs) of shit has happened both both with the news and the uh, meat of what we're about to discuss today, but... Yeah, American presidents have been really fucking up lately. Yeah, it's uh, it seems to be like a, a trend going back to JFK of like presidents fucking up constantly. I'd go, uh, I'd go back even further. But, Andrew Jackson dueling people in the front yard yeah, yeah. of the White House. Yeah, well, he won those duels like the uh, epic chat that he was. Wild comparing like old timey presidents to now. We used to have fucking soldiers as presidents. Now that would just be unthinkable. They used to have yeah. They used to be able to own people as property back then. Well, they still do now, but we don't we don't call it slavery anymore. We call it something else. But um, no, nah, we, we call it what uh, Hillary Clinton used to call it when she owned slaves back when uh, Bill was governor. That was. Uh... <laughs> I digress. We're here today. We may as well get into the big story. This broke literally when we recorded our last episode, and I intended to do a emergency transmission, but I'm glad we didn't because it seems to be kind of slowing down. Donald Trump has been officially indicted in New York for uh, hush money payments and campaign fraud. I will say this. Uh, this is going to get way more ugly before it gets better. Yeah, like, uh, of all the things you could indict him for, just hush money to a porn star. Like, the guy tried to coup the government, and this is what you're, like, trying to nail him with. I mean, uh, that's how they got Capone. I mean, he killed people, Mm -hmm. they got him on that. And same with Clinton, like, they they got him on banging a secretary. (laughs) No, that seems to be it. If you can't get the president for committing a crime, just get him for banging somebody that's not his wife. Yeah, it always has to be some uh, misdemeanor. Like, I mean, I mean, we the talk... film we're going to uh, the film we're going to talk about today also plays into that. I know there's a lot of speculation. It's very hard for me to really have a concrete opinion of what is going to happen with Donald Trump because the trial is not till next year, and I guarantee they did that shit on purpose. They're doing it like in the summer mm-hmm. of 2024, hoping because I know the GOP like behind closed doors really doesn't want him being the nominee again yeah you can tell they really want DeSantis in there but the like core base the hogs that make up the uh the average republican voter base still want trump uh trump released some uh insane advert yesterday it was a like ron DeSantis eating uh pudding yeah i've seen this pudding of, yeah pu- like pudding with his fingers like somehow the most deranged ad i've ever seen it's great it's, it's, it's oh, man. i love classic american like particularly conservative ads one of my favorites is the reagan bear uh ad. i don't know if you ever saw mm, that yeah. that's one of the more like that makes no sense it's not connected to anything and it's 
absolutely fascinating because it's just like footage of a bear and Ronald Reagan like vote for me for president like okay okay yeah. sure one of my favorites is still uh, Herman Cain smoking ad oh yeah. there's some guy smoking and uh talking about like why he's gonna vote for him and then it ends with that fucking uh that insane grin with uh, some like anthem playing in the background is great. Uh, I miss uh, Her- I miss Herman Cain. His hit when he suspended his campaign, he uh, quoted the Pokemon movie, and he literally says in his yeah, speech, <laughs> yeah, but... "I'm going to quote a film for children." It's oh Jesus! And now, what's his legacy now? A fucking subreddit where people die of COVID. The Herman Cain Award. I'm yeah, yeah. curious. R.I.P. to a real one. Like his campaign was, uh, it's up to us. It wasn't as funny as Trump's. He quoted Pokemon, but he also had like a policy, uh, like based on Pokemon as well. <laughs> oh, man. That's oh, wonderful. Oh, uh, yeah, no, but you can't beat Trump. You can't beat that run from literally coming down Golden Escalator and saying all Mexicans are rapists. You can't top that. That's, that's coming out the gate hot. Yeah. Well, Biden's uh, giving him a, a run for his money. I, I, fuck it, I swear to God, I joked about that on the Departed podcast about how uh, shoving down to Boston is uh, like the de facto Irish national anthem. And then yesterday, fucking Biden comes out with like, blaring in the background to give some speech in County Mayo. It's great. So, the Prophet Jordan strikes again. Oh, it's so good. You know what? It, it, it makes sense because... Um... A thing about Irish presidents, we saw this with JFK, they don't really give a fuck. They really don't give a damn who <laughs> no. they piss off, what they do. Biden's like, it makes me think of, whenever I see Biden do shit like that, it makes me think of Bullworth, the Warren Beatty film, where he just says fuck it. Like, he's he's not fully there yet, but I'm hoping near the end he just goes full Bullworth and starts rapping about socialism at a convention or something. He really is that stage. Everyone's joked about how he's, how he's just like riddled with dementia, and he is getting to that fuck it point where 2024 is probably going to be a lock in for him. So it's like, yeah, fuck it. I might as well just I do mean, it depends if Trump piss, actually... piss off the British. When he arrived in uh, Ireland four days ago, like a bunch of poster uh, fucking psychos uh, hung up banners, Provo Joe, photoshopped, like, Biden with the fucking, uh, like, aviator sunglasses on. It was, uh, yeah. He's, he's really pissing off the right people. I will say this, I, if Trump does actually get the nom, which is a genuine possibility, um, we will see, but, I mean, I don't know if Trump will actually be president again, because that seems like, A, it's sour grapes for the actual GOP for him to actually be president again, and... I don't know, it just feel again, if this lawsuit goes anywhere, he could go to jail. I have two things I want to see from this uh, before we continue on. Number one, I want him to have like a weird ceremonial night in jail. Because you know that the New York state will try to do that. The president will spend a night in jail for his crimes, you know. They won't actually send him to jail, but they'll do that. But I legit think he's going to commit perjury before he goes to trial. Because he's right now like threatening the judge and shit, which even mobsters don't do that. You don't threaten the guy who could send you to prison. Yeah, that's uh, probably the last thing you want to do even if you're the president. Like, Nixon was uh, smart enough to have himself pardoned before he could be like tried for treason, and that's how he got away with it. Whereas I don't think uh, Trump's in that position. Gerald Gerald Ford, that was the trade-off. You could be President Gerald, but I want that fucking pardon now. Because I definitely did that (laughs) shit. Oh, that pardon, you meathead. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but uh, Biden making a fool in Ireland is, it's fun. He's one of those people that's, like, his brain is so special, he will, like, he'll just come oh. up with it. He has, like, Trump in that way. 
he'll just like get up on stage and just say whatever the fuck he wants like regardless of like, context or fucking awesome but uh but, yeah and then we also have um yeah some like a 20 year old uh national yes. guardsman yes and uh, leaked a bunch of fucking pentagon papers yeah which is like fucked up some ukrainian counter offensive they have to like push it back to uh, next year like this massive push against the russians have been foiled by some fucking shit posting 21 year old on discord that will be what brings down america it's not any superpower it's fucking like zoomers on the internet because like <laughs> how the fuck do you like i'm surprised he's not been killed yet like he they're probably going to kill him because i feel like he he has some documents because you don't just leak shit from the pentagon and you know get a slap on the wrist you go to prison for a long fucking time you get sent to gitmo for that shit or florence that's a one-way ticket to his florence right there yep. you don't uh like anything no, espionage is no. not okay in the in the eyes of the government the u.s government so um i will say this to that boy i hope uh i hope he's fled the country because i don't care how many concerns no no he has been caught he's like he's heading to florence as we speak yep. you know he's he's never getting out of there it's like the dumb zimmer thing of thinking you could, you could just like do that and get away with it. No. I mean, I look, I, I like, I like the fact that he fucked the Pentagon, but it's also like you are going to prison. <laughs> you're going to prison for a good time, for the rest of your life. What am I saying? You're going to prison forever. I've looked at some of the documents, and most of them are about Ukraine. But there's a handful of 9/11 ones, which basically confirms half the hijackers were CIA, the other half like Saudi intelligence. I believe it. Which is like. Yeah. Yeah, I believe it. Okay, because there's like, there's I can't wait till nothing comes of this. I know, no, no one will care. No one will bring that up. I would say, um, it's kind of fun that he did it, and he did it on Discord. Which, like I said, I really do think the Zoomer generation will destroy America, and I don't mean that culturally. I mean they will literally leak enough shit to <laughs> to cause a fucking civil war. Because, although to be fair, we saw the Pandora Papers come and fucking go, and no one did a goddamn thing. They they coincided with Epstein. Which is funny. The two stories just matter, anti-matter, hitting each other. Just like they both yeah. like fizzle each other yeah, out un- after a while. The unstoppable force meets the immovable object. It's fucked up. Good luck to you, uh, Jack, the Pentagon leaker. You're gonna fucking need it. I wonder who'd be his cellmate in prison. Because I know a lot of those guys, like I know um, Timothy McVeigh did hang out with um, the Unabomber when he was in Florence. Most of their conversations were probably about how they were uh, very clearly set up by the FBI. But, yeah, yeah, probably. You know. <laughs> but speaking of uh, hack jobs, the movie we're uh, going to talk about today is uh, ties into the whole uh, the theme of presidents. It's uh, originally where we're going to do next in the Oliver Stone movie, but uh, one of the guests we tried to get on is unavailable, yeah. so we decided to. Um, substitute it with something else if you want to introduce it yeah so today we're uh we're discussing robert altman's 1984 film uh, secret honor which is based on a stage play of the same name and it features philip baker hall who if that's it you know unless you're a hardcore movie guy you may not recognize that name but he's one of those great like that guy character actors uh playing richard nixon in a Honest to God, a performance for the ages. The movie itself is a 90 minute long. I would describe it as a mental breakdown put on film where Nixon is yelling into a tape recorder about how he got set up by liberals in America. And it's wild. 
there's it's absolutely insane you really have to see it to believe it i don't really see adaptions of one man shows anymore the whale was probably the closest we came to that recently stage play to film adaption like a handful of characters in one central location but you really don't see like one guy talking to a camera for 90 minutes anymore it's kind of a shame but uh you know and it's um so yeah it's philip baker hall playing nixon and this is a this is one of those movies that's so fascinating because Although it, it is a is a film that opens with is a big wall of text at the beginning saying this is not historical, this is speculative. But also, if you know anything about Nixon as a person and his political career, it doesn't seem that out of place that he would do something like this. Well, if you fucking uh, if you're listening to those Nixon tapes that the CIA leaked after Watergate, it's like getting drunk with uh, Bob Holder and complaining about the Jews. Those dastardly Jews. They could fucking be up in Egypt. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite part is there's there's the very infamous like clearly stuff was cut from those tapes which to this day like people are speculating what was i think it was just him being so fucking racist that they're like holy shit because there's a bit of that in in the film like it slowly builds up what i love about this this movie is that it really does capture a breakdown because like around the 30 minute mark he just goes completely insane he's like dropping end bombs left and right like the infamous 18 minutes are missing from the Nixon tapes, or uh, it goes more into it in Stone, maybe. But apparently, that's like, that's basically Nixon confirming that fucking, like, he did that shit. He came very close, yeah, like, he did all that shit. Um, there's a lot about Castro in there as well. That's how, like, he almost came very close to just nuking Cuba because of Castro. I love that theory, and it's never been confirmed, but the rumor that he would get drunk and threatened to nuke countries. Like, North Korea is the very famous one. You can look into that. And it's never been confirmed, but I want to believe it's real, because it really does sound like something Richard Nixon would do. In terms of foreign policy, Nixon's interesting. He takes the multipolar uh, power view of the world. There's the three fucking main powers, America, uh, the USSR, and now China. And they can just have their own little playgrounds to fuck around in. Yeah, sure, there'll be, like some tension but overall yeah you do your thing we do our thing in our backyard and that'll be it especially in china that pissed a lot of people off he calls it the uh was it the gang of 100 the fucking like quasi deep state that got him elected yeah some of his moves pissed them off to the point where like the whole watergate thing is interesting because you have the theory that the fucking uh like the cia intentionally botched that to get nixon out of there I don't know how you show uh, fought on that. I think it was just incompetence because there's a lot of government fuck ups usually come down to someone just like not doing their job right. There's a whole book about like the White House plumbers, which is all about how the guys who actually broke in and how sloppy they were. If you actually look into how they broke into that hotel, it is a mess. Like it really is like something out of like a bad like 60s comedy or something like just stumbling through <laughs> getting all this shit. Yeah, and the whole background of it is interesting. When people like talking about Watergate, they talk about the Nixon tapes of Halderman. We've got those uh, hidden recorders in Watergate and the DNC. We need to we need to do something about that. But uh, people don't talk about what comes after, where Nixon is like, acting shocked about that. Like yeah. he's only just discovered this shit, yeah. and he says like, "If anyone finds out about this." Uh, I'll go down, and you all go with me. I had, I have yeah. nothing to do with that. No, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's like it, it's very clear that either the CIA or the FBI was like we're just bugging everybody, and Nixon finds out about it. It's like 
if this ever gets brought out, it'd be me who goes down. Not like fucking Richard Helms or fucking that homo, uh, uh, what's his fuck? J. Edgar Hoover. J. Edgar, yeah. Yeah, 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 the evil homo. The evil homo, yep. J. Edgar and Nixon have had quite an interesting relationship because there was this, like, you know, we're we're both on the same page, like, where we want the country to go, but we do not trust each other because we both know we're shit talkers. No one could trust the other because they know that they're both, they're both, they're both fucking backstabbers. Yeah, that's why he set up the fucking, uh, the quote-unquote committee to get the president re-elected, the plumbers. Because he couldn't trust the uh, FBI or CIA to actually fucking, like, sort those leaks out. He just gets a bunch of guys like Jay Gordon Liddy, these professionals, to, to sort of the shout for him. And uh, they bumble fucking Watergate. It's almost like Three Stooges level of incompetence. It really was. They're just, like, leaving shit around for people to find. They fucked up the briberies, too. Like, they obviously, mm. like, were going to leave us a pack of money in a phone booth, like, not hiding it well at all. It was, like... Oh my god. Yeah, that's how fucking uh, poor John Dean went down. Because he was uh, giving hush money to uh, Ed Harris in that movie. Uh. <laughs> Going back to the actual, like, the film itself we're talking about. But I kind of love historical. Like, I don't really know if I would fully say this is historical fiction. Because there is so much of this movie. There is truth to a lot of what he's saying. He's talking about bugging his own family. And this, this is such a fascinating psychodrama. Even if you don't know much about Nixon, like you are watching this guy have a meltdown. And like he's he's talking about JFK. He's like, I could have fucking beaten him. I could have beaten him, man. Like, And he's starting to cry and shit. Like, it, it really does a great job at humanizing someone who is a notorious like liar and, and scumbag. I was like, all of the presidents... Uh... He had, like, probably one of those tragic backstories. He had three brothers, and two of them died of TB at a very young age. His dad was, like, a, a chronic fuck-up. Uh, one of my favorite parts of the movie is he's uh, he's ranting about the lemon farm that they sold right before they found oil. Yes. And he's calling his dad a dumb cocksucker. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, and I love how... Uh, but he seems to love his mother... And that's one of the other things I love too about this movie, the the, un, the way that he's an unreliable narrator. He changes who he's narrating this tape. Because it starts off like he's narrating this tape to his assistant, like Roberto, who we never see. And he's sort of the, the like, because I love the one, I love how many times in this movie he'll go on like a tangent about like, I started a debate club and I wanted liberal clothes and I won. And then he sings their uh, speech and he's like, uh, strike that from the record. Uh, start from there and uh, just forget the rest. And he does it like three times. <laughs> You'll have to tell <laughs> Roberto, like, can you edit that out, please? Because I don't actually know how to edit this tape. And, and um, but yeah, no, it goes from narrating to Roberto to your honor. We don't know who the fuck your honor is. Probably, probably the, the American people or whatever. And then his mother at one point, he starts talking like mother to the tape, which is incredibly creepy and weird. I think the whole uh, your order thing is him hypothetically going through like what if he didn't get that pardon and he has to defend himself in court. Yeah. Because there is like an alternate universe where Gerald Ford doesn't do that and Nixon has to like justify fucking uh, like kneecapping the Paris peace, ag- uh, peace agreement that Kissinger was setting up. Basically committing treason in front of like uh, fucking, who was it again? Uh, LBJ. Uh, in one of his tapes, called Nixon a fucking uh, treasonous dog. Instead of he had it his way, he'd just have him shot. Because he knew fucking uh, 
Nixon fucked up those um, early peace talks with the Vietnamese. Oh, he yeah. knew that, but he couldn't say anything. Yeah. The relationship Nixon had with, with Vietnam was, was so interesting because there was like a, a real, like, I just want to blow this fucking place up, but I, I can't go that far. Because, yeah, like that those tapes with, with LBJ are, are fascinating. The way these guys act outside, like like it's all unity, shaking hands behind closed doors. Yeah, I, I would kill that motherfucker if I, if I had the chance. I'd just shoot him in the back. One of my favorites is still... Um... FDR talking about one of the Bushes, George Bush's grandpa, who was like a fucking oil baron, gave a bunch of resources to the Nazis, and FDR was just like, if I had it my way, I would just shoot him for treason. Have you ever listened mm. to private tapes of, of presidents? They're incredibly fascinating. Like One of my other favorites is JFK ordering furniture. Yeah, fucking... <laughs> Ever heard oh, that? that tape's so fucking good. That yeah. tape's amazing. Uh, it's just fucking great. You know, I don't see like the last we had was uh, Trump asking for those uh, like a bunch of ballots to be quote unquote filmed, yeah. like phoning up the governor of Arkansas, like begging for like ten thousand votes to just be miraculously filmed so we can win that election. That tape, that tape is um, amazing. I don't know if you've heard it, but it's uh, it's like an hour and a half long, and it, it's. In hindsight, it's not good. There might be some consequences. I doubt there will be actual consequences from that. Because... Even if there is, just like, as you said, an hour tape of Trump. You know, I've uh, if you could just find like a uh, like a couple thousand votes for me, like I know they're out there. Fox News are telling me like he saw that election, like, and everybody knows it. So you you just have to you know you just have to get the votes, and uh, we could uh, confirm it all. Yeah, it's like uh, and the, yeah, and the, just about half-assed shit. And the, the tape itself is insane because he's kind of threatening the guy as well. It's like, hey, if you don't get me those tapes, <laughs> yeah. I got uh, I got some stuff here you may not want to go public. So uh, get me what I fucking want. Like it is like, it's not good. It really doesn't look good in hindsight. Like especially like knowing like he would end up conceding afterwards. And you yeah. know, I've seen a lot of people say like, man, Trump should have his own version of secret honor. But Trump isn't as articulate as Nixon. That's the problem. Trump's version of, of this movie would just be him screaming for the same runtime. Like, it would be nowhere near as compelling. Yeah, Nixon is uh, very colorful in his bigotry. Oh, like, yeah, uh, that's great. He had, he had this, like, weird self-hate relationship with Kessinger. He'll go up to Kessinger and say, I, I don't blame you for being Jewish, Henry. <laughs> it's not your fault. I fucking and that's going back to the film. There's so much of that in this. I fucking love the amount of Kissinger shit talking in this movie. Like Henry fucking Kissinger. He's trying to find his mother's Bible, and he just starts throwing books across the room. And he starts yeah, like, and then he gets on his knees to pray, and he just looks at the portrait of Kissinger. The fuck are you looking at? You brown nose <laughs> yeah, ass him, uh, cocksucker. He calls him Dr. Asslucker, which is uh, one of the best <laughs> insults ever. He calls him a whore master. A whore master. Well, which is basically my... true. Kissinger was a whore master, though. That's that's true. Yeah, he was a pretty infamous poon hound, which is like surprisingly never gets talked about. Uh, like everyone talks about how much of a fiend uh, JFK was, but uh, Kissinger also had a thing of myth just he's on the go multiple times in his career. Phil Baker Hall just nails it. Like, again, it's hard. He doesn't nail the look of Nixon, but he gets those mannerisms yeah. down fucking perfect. Like, every time he's like, cocksucker, fuck him. Like, where's my my favorite moment is when he's trying to get another drink, and I don't know if it's a different brand. He's trying to get Chivas Regal. He grabs the wrong bottle. He all, all like, he's like, that's not fucking it. And he goes in the other room. 
<laughs> trying to get this bottle. And then starts just drinking from the bottle. Like, he doesn't even pour a glass. That's when you realize, like, we're in trouble. As a viewer, you're like, we're in deep trouble. This is someone freaking out. It's probably the best portrayal because he hasn't done the voice. He doesn't even look like Nixon. But he, like, channels all that fucking, like, all that paranoid resentment. Or, like, by the end, he just becomes Nixon. Yeah. He's got the fucking gun to his head. Like, they, they want to flush me down the toilet. They want Dick Nixon to kill himself. But I won't do it. Fuck off! Uh, like, the fucking most great fucking, yeah, fucking great end. Like Part of me kind of thinks this is a bit of a horror film as well. Like, there's that moment where the, the tapes don't work right. He grabs. Yeah, he has yeah. a loaded fucking gun. Like when the movie opens, he's got a he's got a bottle of scotch and he's got a loaded gun, and you are waiting for him to start using that. And then that's when he like he goes up to the tapes. He's got the gun. That's when he starts calling Roberto. And I love this part of the movie. He's like, you know, you Cubans, you think the liberals will save you? You're gonna learn the hard way. They came for me, and they're gonna come for you. Like, it's so magnetic and horrifying to watch because it is again. I, I this is kind of a horror film to me, just as a. I feel deeply uncomfortable watching this. It's not as like that shit or esoteric as Stone Snicks and no. but there are like moments in it where like yeah the cameras stop working and Nixon's like, What the fuck is going on? Yeah. And uh yeah, the end is just like it's just a straight up horror film. It pans to the cameras just like repeating fuck him over and over again. And then it goes to static and you're hearing like I think he's at the NRNC or something. It's it's fucking four more years. Four more years. It's yeah. so creepy. and it's just and the credits are short because this is only a one person movie and uh, it but it's so chill. And the, so Robert Altman directed this and do you, I don't know how much you know personally about Altman as a filmmaker, but this is so not like his other movies like altman's known for one of the spearheads of the new hollywood era nashville long good night seven you know like 70 character epics mash the movie and this is just one person in a room yelling that is fun that altman does that hollow is interesting because it has like you know the golden age of the 1950s then you have the manson killings which sort of fuck them up then guys like altman come in and revive the system yeah. And he does, like, The Long Goodbye, and um, he did Popeye, which is... Uh, yeah, that, 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 yeah. There's, <laughs> there's a period around... This is what I mean, there's so... Altman peaks in the 70s, and then around 1980, uh, after Popeye, he starts to get a little more experimental, a little more, like... Because he does The Player yeah, yeah. as well, if you've ever seen that, which is basically him, him telling Hollywood to go fuck themselves. Like, Orson Welles had that as well, like, that real fucking animosity of Hollywood, because it was just continuously fucking him over for years on end. Yeah. The, the Magnificent Ambersons, uh, to this day, has still not been found in its entirety because of Hollywood, so... Mm. And I, I can see why Altman was, because Altman himself is having his career in the 70s. He watched Nixon f rise and fall in real time. So I could see him being very interested in doing this because uh, this was a stage play. This was one of those um, like off Broadway dinner theater stage plays that it's something that I also think it's it's easy for him because, you know, you do these huge three hour productions with like 60 named actors to do a movie, just shoot a movie in a week with one actor. And apparently they filmed this in a university uh, study. Yeah. This isn't even a mansion. Uh, this is uh, at the fucking University of Michigan. It's like a set, the fucking drama department of the uh, University of Michigan set up in like an afternoon. And it's a, it's a pretty good set. You've got Nixon surrounded by all those uh, portraits. portraits. He's like, he's sitting next to Ike, threatening Ike with a gun. You'd, you'd 
fucking hypocrite. I love that. So I love the amount of shit talking in this movie so much. Like, my other favorite is like, you know, George Washington, he was a piece of shit too. You know that? Like, <laughs> absolutely just like, it is such a, it's a very hard movie to really like structure and talk about because it is really just a hour long, hour and a half long guy having a meltdown. But there's so many amazing little moments in it. Again, like the, and how, like you, you said this one, like my wife had, she doesn't, she doesn't wear mink coats. She dresses like a good Republican woman. Like, and why did you bring that up? Like it, it like he's just freaking <laughs> out and having a meltdown and it's, it's amazing. Nixon's one of the more interesting presidents, not in terms of personality, because he was just like, just this dull Quaker asshole. The antics and his personal belief system were just so fucked up. Oh, yeah. I, I still think to this day he's like the president that has the most media about him. Oh, yeah. Like the most films, most plays. Most people either know Nixon from like Futurama or The Simpsons when he's fucking head in a jar. <laughs> you know, it's not far off from like the thing I love about that portrayal in Futurama, it's not that far off from how I imagine he would want to be. Like, if he were to be immortal, that's probably how he'd do it. He has the giant mech suit when he wins. Nixon's back. <laughs> and then back. As the yeah. fucking does the two p the two finger salute. It's just so good. But that is something that Nixon's yeah. belief system would probably want him to be. That the thing about Nixon I find so interesting as well is that I don't really think the only person who really knows Nixon is Nixon, and he's dead. You ever watch the David Frost interviews or you read books about him, and you're not really sure. Like what? What the fuck's going on in his head? Because there's so many different, like, like conflicting ideas that he has, and like the things that he did versus the things he wouldn't do. It's such an interesting guy. Yeah, his his life is so generally fucked up to the point where he is just like he's not mad, but he's like he's seen shit. Like he was in fucking Dallas when uh, JFK, his main political rival, gets his head blown off. Are you supposed to like green from that? Oh fuck! They bring oh, that fuck. up in the movie too. It's like, and then that great American yeah. patriot, that nightclub owner, shoots Oswald. Like, and it was—it's so like I love the stuff with JFK in this movie. Like the way he—he has this weird admiration for him. It's like you know, like we were—we were black Irish, so we didn't have the swag that he did. It's a oh, god. Everybody's had this like love hate relationship with JFK. He hates him for fucking stealing that election from him. And if you've seen the Irishman that goes into a very good depth around that, yeah. but uh, admires him as well. Like, oh, this this handsome Irishman. Of, of course, he was going to win the election. Of course, <laughs> they all like they all those Kennedy bros had the swag of their dad. Like, it's like, <laughs> like imagine his dad was a fucking criminal. His the 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 father Kennedy was a his dad boy. was a fucking bootlegger. Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild that they, that whole yeah. That's another thing I think the Irishman gets into too. Uh, Robert Kennedy and his like weird relationships with criminals because one of my favorite stories is jfk was banging the the mistress of a mob boss that bobby was trying to prosecute yeah. which like that's yeah. a conflict of fucking interest right there holy shit yeah fucking uh sam giancana who's like also involved before the castro shit if you pay like any attention to this shit your fucking third eye will just open up yeah. like oh so uh so these mobsters are like they're involved with cuba and the bay of pigs yeah. and uh yeah, fucking, uh, one of my favorite, um, bits in Secret Honor. Millions to Bohemian Grove, billions to the mob. Yep. Oh, oh it's yeah. So good. He talks about, like, you know, like, I, I couldn't sleep that night because I heard the dogs barking. And Bohemian Grove alone, that's a third eye opener because 
if you read even the little bit about it, it's like, why the fuck is there a meetup in the middle of the woods and shit? It's bizarre. If you take, like, the dumb Alex Jones approach to it, you think it's some, like, satanic fucking pedal cult, when in actuality it's just dumb eyes wide shut ships. Yeah, it's... It, it's it, just, like, these people, like, dressing up and dancing around. It's basically and, like, what's... fucking Nixon went to it once and had to leave because he, like, couldn't stand anybody there. Was it, like... I can stand bigger on those faggots anymore. <laughs> you know, and he talks about like, you know, I had real women. These guys, they were banging these awful women. It's like, what the fuck? <laughs> but the other part is also great is that with Bohemian Grove, it makes me think of like what Skulls and Bones is. It's like people think it's this yeah. deeply scary, like child sacrifice. But really, it's just a bunch of losers LARPing that they're part of like the Illuminati or something. Yeah, it's just Bush Senior and a fucking like coffin skull fucking geronimo's skull like yeah uh, like this like the actual skull from skull and bones is uh geronimo's skull it's like some indiana jones relic they've got and like every once in a while they'll get together to like jack off in it that's about right yep there's so many great little pieces of history in the movie as well they bring up the the fact they were in vietnam as long as they were because there was a big heroin trade at the time and that's probably why yeah fucking there. uh chinese connection nixon's going on about uh the Taiwan's the key. It's the key to China. Yeah, no, and, uh, it, that's what's so fun watching this now. Everything is about Taiwan now. Like, you had uh, Kevin McCarthy going to, like, visit Taiwan last week. It's like, fuck you to the Chinese. Yeah. And it all goes back to, to Nixon in the 50s. Yeah, uh, it's amazing. His relationship with Mao is so fascinating. <laughs> no, it really oh, yeah, is. Yeah. It really is. Because it's he brings that up in the film, too. He talks about, like, I'll never forget what he told me. It was so powerful. Like, he really admired him. And I, I love the, that one scene in the Stone film, which I did watch before this, but it, I love that fucking scene where Kissinger's like, you know, I believe you're an intelligent, like, your book's intelligent. He's, he's just kissing his ass. And then Mal starts talking, and the translator just says in the monotone voice, bullshit. Yeah. Like, Mal can see uh, through. Don't try to kiss my ass, you, you fat old man. Yeah, Mal was in that, uh, like, old age in the 70s, but he was like, he, he was basically just dying, and everybody knew it. He had so Mao was like, yeah, kiss my ass, fuck off. Yeah, yeah. he already killed his political opposition. Like, I don't know. Like, we, we talk about Mao, but Mao legitimately did some fucking horrible things. Just, mm. like, he was a fucking stone-cold dictator. But, he, you know, that's the thing about a lot of dictators is that, you know, what, what they do versus what they do for their country is so... The, the disconnect is quite interesting. It's like Saddam was a monster, but he's also the reason that part of the whole world was stable. And once he left, everything went to fucking hell. Same with Gaddafi in, um, in mm. Libya. It's easy to show these people, including Nixon. But it's like, what the fuck would you do in that position? Yeah. Like, if you're like, if you're in Richard Nixon's shoes, what the fuck do you do about Vietnam? Like, yeah. you've got the gang of 100 breathing down your neck. Yeah. My favorite part of the movie is, um, like, I wanted to pull out of Vietnam. But the goddamn gang of 100, they wouldn't let me. <laughs> That's true. That's the thing about this is that, like, as much as it's criticism of Nixon, it, again, it humanizes him so well. And, like, and you really have to understand who Nixon is to really get anything, like, substantial out of this. Because, yeah, if you know anything about Nixon, this movie's quite, it's so interesting. Because, yeah, I do believe that, although this is, quote, historical fiction, this really is something that he would fucking record himself. His long rants about how fucking uh, 
how Hooper and Rockefeller got him elected and stabbed him in the back. Yeah. Oh, Which did happen. There like, is some Jew talk. Like in fucking this movie. the stone film goes up. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, that, uh, that gets there's a lot of uh, <laughs> a lot of uh, K words and N words getting thrown around here. Oh man, like, I, I think he drops some gay slurs too at one point. Yeah. Uh, yep, he does. And uh, yeah. he calls uh he calls uh J. Edgar Hoover uh the F slot multiple times. Which is, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh man, if only the people in the eighties knew where that came from. What why is he calling that oh we'll take Clint Eastwood to make yeah, a fucking... mediocre movie for people to realize it. Yeah, fucking uh Hoover's interesting, like he kind of like overlaps with uh, Nixon and they used to be these beloved career politicians and the uh, in the, like sixties and seventies, and then the eighties come along. And it's like, oh, these guys suck. Fuck well, these guys. You no, know, the seventies they had their darkness. They fell into darkness, and then by the eighties, because that's yeah. another thing I love about this movie is that this film came out in eighty four. Nixon dies in what ninety four. He, he lives another ten yeah. years or so. There is a chance he saw this movie. Probably. I don't know if he would have watched it, but there is a chance he heard about it. Like he probably like, oh Robert Altman, I love Nashville, but then he'd find out. Robert Altman's making a movie about me. Oh, it's not that kind of movie. Shit. <laughs> like, it's got to be a real, like, I would love to know. Because after he resigned, he was still alive for 20 years. He did the David Frost interviews, which uh, I've talked about on the show, are some of the most revealing. If you really want to understand who Nixon is, that's probably the best you're going to get. Because just that one drop, if the president does it, it's not illegal, is one of those. That's one of the greatest mic drops I've ever heard a politician say, like, Holy shit. Yeah, and it's basically true as well. Like, no, it's completely true. <laughs> you can bomb whoever the fuck you want, like, and just get away with it. No. But like, yeah. Don't, don't get caught doing misdemeanors, like, no. dumb misdemeanors. That's yeah. that's how you actually go down. Yeah, you can't fuck anyone who's not your wife. You could kill as many people as you want, though. Yeah, it's, uh, you've got that great part of it, um, how they were wiretapping Marlon Monroe. Holy shit. Uh, yeah, she was fucking around with JFK. That. Yeah. yeah, that's in there too. Which is, that's all. I love the connection between JFK and Marilyn Monroe because it's there's a there's something there that's never really fully been like uncovered. But there's clearly I part of me really does believe JFK killed Marilyn Monroe because we've we've talked about it a lot. But yeah, he she probably I mean knowing how like probably promiscuous that relationship was, he probably said something to her. He probably shouldn't have. Yeah, as he was like high off his mind, like. We've talked about this before, but JFK, he was strapped with illnesses since birth, so he had to be like yeah. just zooted constantly. He, and he I can imagine like he's in bed with Marlon, and like he says something about Castro that he shouldn't yeah. have. He talks about you know I did that bad pigs thing that didn't work. You know, like he, I mean, that's all he <laughs> needs to do is drop that shit. Her her relationship with political history is is so fucking interesting. But uh, yeah, going back to the the film, um, love how unreliable Nixon is as a narrator in this because it's so like, how much of this is him just paranoid and how much of this is like the ramblings of someone who's like been to hell? It's so Nixon was always like a like self paying asshole. Um, like the reason why he hates the liberals so much is because he couldn't get into you know the prestigious schools like uh, Harvard and Yale. Like all those damn Kennedys. Oh, so you talk... had to go to Wet Year, yeah, which about... is like this yeah, shitty like C-level school. Yeah, they talk about that, and he said, you know, I went to New York. That's the that's the, the big time. And I didn't get to be a lawyer, but all my friends did. But then I joined the Navy. I joined the Navy. Like, he's like clearly still bitter about this shit 30, 40 years later. 
a quarter of it is just like self-aggrandizement like fucking uh he basically admits to like what was it like watergate was uh like self-psyop so he uh didn't have to be president for a third term which is like could, one of the funniest things i've ever heard and he stops himself before he says third term which i think <laughs> is a very interesting moment it's like oh wow Oh, uh, there's so many, yeah, a lot of self-aggrandizement. My favorite is he's talking about like, you know, my, I was in acting class and my parent, my teacher said I was the best thespian he ever teached. He's talking about like, I'm Hamlet, he's the king. That's probably just a product of the man's narcissism just coming out full force. But it's, again, it's such a, this is such a fucking amazing. And Phil Baker Hall, I don't know about you, know much you know about Phil Baker Hall as an actor, but. He's never really been like a leading man in a movie. He's always like a he's always been a character presence. Like my favorite performance of his is from Boogie Nights, where uh, I don't know. If yeah, yeah, yeah. I like butter in my ass, lollipops in my mouth. Call me crazy. Call me pervert. He's talking about uh, Butt Reynolds about like the joys of film. Like yeah, you just don't see uh, you just don't see that good film anymore. You don't yeah, see, yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. So great. Baker Hall was interesting because he's one of those like rare actors that doesn't start acting till he's in his 50s yeah then he just appears in a bunch of shit he's in a bunch of uh pta movies he's in fucking boogie nights um yeah, he's in magnolia fucking magnolia double down which is just uh, another pta movie. yeah but the, yeah heart eight that was yeah but there's yeah that, that's, Hard eight, that's, uh, that's multiple titles that has one of those like movies he's in he's in his career is a fascinating he's in dogville he's in the truman yeah, show yeah uh, he's just so many a uh, fucking um, the insider. That's a great movie where he tells um, <laughs> one of my favorite uh, line readings where he tells um, Al Pacino, "You fucked us." Yeah, we might have to do the insider uh, at one point because oh, that's that's, uh, that's, that's another one of those Fort Eye opening movies of like what's actually going on. Yeah, my, Michael Mann uh, may have burned his career for that movie because. <laughs> After that, like it's he struggles to get funding for movies. Like, I mean, it makes sense because it's uh, and knowing what it's based on and like the amount of shit that was in like got, what was involved with actually getting that thing made is quite it's quite fascinating. Yeah, I'm surprised it even got made in the first place because oh, yeah. it's like uh, when we eventually get around to talking about Nixon, the real reason why all the uh, Sam Watterson stuff isn't in the theatrical cut is because Richard Helms himself he was still alive. And he still had like he hadn't been directed to the CIA for decades, but he still has like a fuck ton of power. So he's yeah, the scene doesn't get shown. No. That's that's going in the uh, garbage can. No, fuck yeah. I mean that I just love the fact that Stone had the balls to even make that scene because I did watch <laughs> it. It's if y'all haven't seen it, go watch the Helm scene from Nixon. It's Sam Watterson is is Helm, and it is the way the scene is lit and shot. It is like he's the devil. It's so, it's yeah. not even subtle. It's, it's awesome. It's so fucking good. Cause that's the thing about a stone is that even though, you know, I think now he's kind of a lunatic, his son's a fucking sovereign citizen, but he was a true, like, did not at all give a shit what people thought of like how he viewed the world. He's like, I'm going to, yeah, I'll make a, 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 a JFK movie where I truly believe LBJ murdered the president. Fuck. He's also one of the few directors to make a, a film about a president as, like, W. Like, I yeah. think W came out the final year of the Bush administration, which was, like, kind of unheard of to make presidential films about fucking, uh, about, like, a sitting president. Yeah, no. And Especially that... ones that, like, shit on them. Oh, yeah, no. <laughs> That's, I'm shocked. Again, that was one of those, like, 
just I can't get over that he got that made as, at all. Yeah. But I mean, it's I know we'll have two Nixon episodes, but trust me, Nixon is a whole other ball game compared to this movie. It's absolutely fucked, and it's. But yeah, this is. I think I I think I'd like this more. Nixon is more of a. It's not really a biopic as much as it is just an acid trip of Nixon's entire presidency for three hours. But this is just such a compelling like chamber piece about a man who is just fucking losing it, and it's awesome. Two completely different movies. Like the director's cut from Nixon is three and a half hours. Uh, Secret Honor's a perfect ninety minutes, which. Uh... I know I've been pining for uh, the return to 90-minute movies, and then I went to go see that Adam Driver dinosaur movie. So I could, maybe I was uh, maybe I was a little too quick here. Maybe it, doesn't look like to... it, it doesn't look like it's getting better. I don't know if you've seen a trailer for Redfield, no. but that makes that movie make, looks like I want to, like, every time I see an ad, I'm like, I want to pull my eyes out every time I watch this trailer. Like, <laughs> are they, like I'm losing the will to, to care for movies anymore. Uh, you're killing my love for Cage. Yeah, you oh, shouldn't do man. that. Right after Pig, you do this. Come on, Cage. You, you, you mm. got out of your tax hole. You don't have to do this shit anymore. God damn it. Uh, yeah. Oh, fuck. But uh, yeah, Secret Honor, it, this is a very hard movie for us to talk about. Because again, it's not really a movie so much as it is a stage play about a man going insane. If you, like, again, I do think you have to know enough about Nixon to really get anything out of it. But... If you want to watch an acting tour fucking DeForce, you got to see this. Because this is... I can't get over how good the Phillips Paul's performance in this is. Because, again, he's like, I don't know, this guy doesn't look like Nixon at all. But by the end, I couldn't tell the difference. I was like, this guy, it just completely sold me. The way he just eases... It slowly eases you in until by the end you're, you're in it is... You don't see that with movies and performances where they're just able to completely suck you in like that. So, fucking five-star movie, I think. Yes, uh, if you want to know about Nixon, if you're like The Simpsons or Futurama, you're probably not going to get much from this. But if you're like a Nixon head like we are, then uh, yeah, this is uh, this is easy uh, five stars. Easy five stars for me. I think it's, but, uh, uh, yeah, but again, it's not really your traditional historical film, but it does, it, it can't be because it's impossible to really tell the truth about Richard Dixon because even he doesn't really know what the truth was it seems. Yeah, even his own family is like, what the fuck is going through your head? Why are you like I've... why are you doing all this shit? Oh my why are God. You, like... That scene where he says I bugged my whole family. If you know, My family could have <laughs> cost me the presidency not Watergate. That's so fucking revealing and it's yeah, because his, uh, his one surviving brother joins some uh, happy commune, and it's like, I have to drag him out of there, get him a real job. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Yeah, no, but again, it seems like a lot of this comes down to just hated his family. Because, again, he just hated his dad. He seemed to really love his mom. That Bible is huge when he pulls the Bob's Bible. It's the size yeah. of a fucking coffee table, this thing. That, that's what's so funny about the Quakers. As they have like their own like weird mythology to themselves. Yeah. If you know anything about the Quakers, then Nixon becomes like he becomes a more like queer character. Yeah. Because that's like most of his politics and personal belief system revolved around this like fucked up denomination of Christianity. Yeah, no, it's uh, you, him. You have to, yeah, him being a Quaker, all his behavior makes a lot more sense. But even then, there's still parts of it that I love the mystery of Nixon so much. Cause, again, how much he that shit he really did believe? How much of that was just him getting drunk, running his mouth? Because that's what a lot of those tapes felt like was just him drunk, just fucking ranting about nothing. It's it's wild. 
All right, take care, everyone. Stay safe. Forgive me, but the problem is one of planning, not one of armament. Mr. the Monarch already has a dazzling armory. What he needs is a strategist. A man of his prestige cannot simply go after an enemy all willy-nilly. What you need is a second-in-command who understands the intricacies of organized villainy. Is this I can offer you? Perfect! You're hired, uh, number... Number Killinger. Dr. Henry Killinger. And this is my magic murder bag.